Hi, welcome back to Command Line TV. This is episode seven, and today we're going to look at a pretty cool suite of tools for doing image manipulation. It's called Image Magic. Uh, but first, do we have any follow-up from last time? Uh, I did have some questions. One of them was the uh, you had something that showed up in your terminal called Reverse Eye Search. I was curious, what does that do, and how can we actually use that? Yeah, so I was doing some fancy stuff there. It has to do with the history mechanism that Bash supports. History is all about um, getting back to your previous commands. And we've talked about using the up arrow and down arrow to like navigate through um, your previous commands. But that reverse search is really interesting. What I'm doing there is I hit Control-R. So as soon as I hit Control-R, my little prompt changes to say reverse eye search. The eye there is for incremental. So what it means now is as I start to type, it will match up what I'm typing with previous commands from my history. So maybe if I want to look at a previous um, CD command that I typed, um, I just hit CD. And you can see that what I typed, the CD appears in between these weird quotes. But the command where my cursor is came from the history and it's CD downloads. Now if I've got another CD command that I'm looking for, that might be further back in the history, I just hit Control-R again, and it'll go back one, but still matching the CD. So here's Control-R again. There was just a CD command by itself. Control-R again, downloads picks, and so on. So I can kind of like work my way through the history, but matching some particular um, piece of text. I'll try it again with, um, let's say, a cut command. So I know Previously, in previous episodes, we did um, some of that survey um, analysis using cut and sort. So if I look at cut, you can see some of those commands that we did in those previous um, episodes still come up here. So it's not even just in the current shell session. When your shell closes, it saves that history into a file and then reloads that when I reopen the shell. And I can always go back and find those new commands. If I want to execute a command I found this way, I can just press enter. If I want to edit it, because maybe I need to change something from the last time I did it, I can use the arrow keys and like come out here and do my normal command line editing and then hit enter. Or if you don't want to run it at all, you can just hit control C and it'll, it'll come back to your regular prompt. So that's the reverse search, it's pretty useful. Another thing I saw you do was you cleared the screen without typing clear into the terminal. What yeah. uh, command did you do to the, for that? That's a, just another control command. So control L will get me a clear screen like that. It's exactly the same as typing a, the command clear. Um, but so when things start to get a little messy, I might just hit control L and it brings me back up to a clear screen at the top of my terminal window. That doesn't reset it though, does it? No, it's not the same as reset. So reset, which we learned previously, um, does a lot of other things. It also clears the screen, but it resets a lot of other settings, and Control-L doesn't do all that. My last follow-up from the previous episode would be in regards to uh, the way you save the dates. Um, is there a specific format that you should save things in? So, yeah, I saved some log files, and I used a date in the file name. So what I was doing there was... Um, like a log file that has, as part of its file name, year, month, day in a format like this. Um, the OS doesn't really care about that. It doesn't notice that you 
named it that way. But what that does is that it puts them in chronological order when you sort things alphabetically. So the normal ls output, when I have files which have year, month, day, and they use leading zeros and so forth like this, um, it has the effect of putting them also in chronological order because the years will come first, and then it'll look at the month and then at the day. So that's why that format is very popular among like um, programmers and computer users. So it's, it's just a useful technique when you name something with a date to put it in this year, month, day format. So assuming we already have ImageMagick installed, the first uh, command we could use would be display, correct? Yeah, ImageMagick comes with a few different commands, and one of the simplest is just called display. So if I type display all by itself, it opens up this little window with the ImageMagick logo, which is this cute wizard. Um, so I can hit escape, or you know, you probably have like a little close window icon or something to close that. Um, but what this can do is it shows pictures. So I have a couple of pictures here that I took at um, the Computer History Museum, I think it's called, in, uh, in Silicon Valley. And if I want to display these, I can say display and then a file name, or I think I can just put star.jpg or something like that. It displays other formats, you know, JPEG, PNG, TIFF, it supports lots and lots of different image formats. Um, and then that will open these up, and there's some way to like zoom around them if it doesn't quite fit on the screen. Um, there's some way to like move on to the next image, which I just hit the space bar to move to the next one. So this is a simple way to like go through and display some images. It has a few other features, but display is not the most sophisticated image viewer that's available. So I actually don't use it that much, um, but it is part of the ImageMagick suite. So we'll close that. The next command that's part of ImageMagick is called identify. So identify is basically a way of listing the properties of an image file. So if I try to identify image star like this, it will take all of those file names that match the wildcard and just peer into them and tell me things like the resolution and the color model and stuff like that. So basically it's doing a one line for each image. It has the file name and then it's got a sequence number um, which is basically just the ordering of the images it looked at. The format, the resolution. This is called a geometry string. It's basically um, some image formats allow you to have like a certain portion of the image that's selected, like a crop of the image. And what this format means is that the crop will be this width and height, and then the plus zero is the x offset, and the next plus zero is the y offset. So that format allows you to specify a rectangle anywhere within an image. Um, for all of these, the rectangle is just the full resolution and plus zero, plus zero. Um, but there are other image formats where that could, that could be different. And we're also going to use that when we learn to crop images with ImageMagick. It's that same format. If you want to crop an image, you specify the new width and height and then the X and Y offset. Um, we're using 8-bit color in an RGB color model. Here is the size of the file in human terms and whatever all those zeros are supposed to mean. 
So identify is a quick way to sort of figure out resolution and other information about images. It does have a verbose option. And one thing that's a little different about image magic commands compared to some of the uh, file management commands that we've learned is that it doesn't really use the short forms of these options. So on a lot of GNU commands, you might say dash V or double dash verbose, right? Or dash H, double dash help. These are equivalent to each other. Um, Image Magic doesn't really support the short forms, and so it uses a full word as its option, but only a single dash. It doesn't use the double dash. So if I identify verbose, and I put just one of these names, because that'll be plenty of info. Um, so image212.jpg with the verbose, this is going to dump out a whole ton of information about this image. Um, and you can see there's all sorts, let's, let's pipe that through less so that we can um, just get a page at a time. So it's showing me um, the image format, that geometry string. Um, resolution means how many dots per inch does this image expect to be displayed at, or pixels per inch. Um, color model, stuff like that. For each of the red, green, and blue channels, it gives me like the average colors and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of uh, potentially useful information here. And you can see all of that with the verbose flag. So a lot of programs and applications nowadays sometimes tend to be very file type specific. What if you had an image file that you wanted to convert from a JPEG to a different file type or vice versa? Yeah, one of the real big uses of ImageMagic is just this format conversion. Um, and it does that very, very easily. So um, one of the commands for that is called Mogrify, which as far as I know is a word that they just made up. Um, but it means to process some image. And um, so what you do is you basically say Mogrify and then some flags or options to specify how you want to process it. And so one thing we can do is just change the format. So I've got JPEGs mostly in this folder. What if I want to convert one of them to a PNG format, right? And then let's take image, um, I'll just pick 213.jpg. So my command is mogrify-format and then the format. And as I said, ImageMagic supports lots of formats, um, but we'll use PNG. And here's the original file. So I do that. It can take a moment if your image file is big um, to do this conversion. And then it comes back. It didn't say anything, but I want to see what file it created. So if I do ls, um, you see right here, it created a PNG file with the same name as the original JPEG. So that is what mogrify-format can do for us. Um, let's take a look at the identify output of both of those. So if I do image 213 star, I see that both of them have the same resolution and the PNG file got a lot bigger, right? So seven megabytes instead of one megabyte. So that's one thing that happens when I did that conversion. Um, try a different format. Let's just convert that same image to a TIFF. Oh, that went pretty fast. And I've got this TIFF file. So now if I do identify, 
on those, again, the TIFF is the same um, resolution, but it became even bigger. So what we're seeing here is the difference between compression schemes and these different formats. JPEG is lossy compression, so it can throw out some information from the original sensors uh, that took the image, and it becomes very small. PNG is compressed, but in a lossless way. Um, and of course, since I started with a JPEG, I can't get back the information that was lost before I did the JPEG from the camera sensors. Um, but the PNG will preserve what information was there. It becomes bigger, and the TIFF becomes bigger yet because it's, generally speaking, not compressed at all. Another thing that's cool about Mogrify is that I can just apply it in batch to tons of files. So um, I've got a whole directory of JPEGs here, and if I want to do that, I'm doing reverse eye search with Control-R. So I'm going to get back my PNG Mogrify. Let's say I want to apply that to everything that's a JPEG, right? So um, what I'm going to end up doing is converting all of these files to PNG. And that could take a little while. All right, now that that's finished through the magic of video editing, um, we have a directory that has the original JPEGs as well as the PNGs that were just created. So I've been able to just, in a batch sense, convert a bunch of files without having to individually open them and save as and that kind of thing. So I think that's one of the really great use cases of image magic. So if we have an image file, for example, we see here image 0223.jpg, mm -hmm. it's too large to fit onto the screen. What can we do to, uh, I say, convert that to a smaller size? Yeah, this so display is showing it to us like a piece at a time, and it doesn't really fit on the resolution that I've got here. So if I wanted to shrink it, what you first want to figure out is like, how much should I shrink it by, or what's my target resolution? Um, so I'm going to close that, and of course we can run identify to figure out, oh, I just did something a little fancy. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll do more on this later, I just did it automatically. But uh, this uh, exclamation and dollar sign, it looks like I'm cursing at the terminal. But um, what this means is take the previous command, but only the last word of the previous command. So when I, whenever I want to operate on the same file, but run a different command, that's something that I just automatically do. And I call it bang dollar. Um, so previous command, but only the last word. And you see that it expanded just like that. Um, at any rate, here's the, um, the resolution I want to, or that I'm starting with. And let's say I want to shrink it to like 50% of that. So that way, if each number is taken by 50%, I know that I'll keep the same aspect ratio of the image. Um, so a good way to do that is the convert command. And you give the input file name first, so 223.jpg. And then you can give a series of image processing options to it. The one that will resize an image is called geometry. And the simplest type of geometry is to just put a percentage. So 50% means shrink it in half. Um, and then you put an output file name. So we're going to call this like 223small.jpg, right? 
and that will open that image, shrink it, and then save the new image. So I can compare them by putting uh, both of them on the identify command line and see I'm going to use that again. Uh, so the, the original image is 1950 by 2289 and the new image is 975 by 1145. Um, so that's halfway and I can open it with display and now it's, you know, it fits on my screen pretty well, although it's duplicating for some reason, but display is kind of, or yeah, the display command is kind of weird sometimes. Um, but that's shrinking. So just to backtrack, all these commands do support the help option, and again, it's the dash help, not dash h. Yeah, so if I do convert dash help, um, not double dash help or dash h, exactly. But this will give me, uh, let's do that with less. This will give me a very brief synopsis of some of the things that um, convert can do. And it's got all sorts of other image processing um, operations that you can access here. So why don't we try a couple of those? Um, one that I like to do is um, sometimes you want to add a border to an image. And this is a pretty easy thing to do. So let's take um, my smaller, well, let's combine a shrink with a border. So here's, here's how we'll do that. I'm going to pick one of these um, and do convert, let's say, 0209.jpg. And I'm going to do geometry first to shrink it. We're going to shrink it pretty small. So let's say like 33%. Um, and then I can specify border color. There are a lot of built-in colors like, you know, the standard red, green, yellow, whatever. Um, so I'll say red. Or you can specify colors more precisely using those um, HTML-like hexadecimal specifications. We can look at that another time. And then you specify the thickness of the border in pixels. So let's make it very visible at 8 pixels. So I'm stringing all this together, putting these operations together. It will apply them in that order. And then finally, I put the output name. So we're going to call this like um, 209border.jpg. Uh, all right. And that should work. So I'm going to open that image with, instead of display, I'm going to use this other thing we learned before called XTG open. And you can see the red border that appears around this image, right? So it added that border. It also shrunk it, so it's you know not near, nearly as big as the original image was. Another thing we might like to do is um, blur or apply other sorts of image filters, uh, just like you could in Photoshop or something like that. Um, so there's a blur command. And the way blurring works is you give it the geometry, in other words, the shape of the um, that you're going to apply the blur operator to. And if that's a very small rectangle, then it just blurs a little bit, right? If it's a big rectangle, then it blurs much more. So we're going to try doing some of that. Um, let's try that on image 0205.jpg. We're going to do blur. Well, let me 
again shrink because it's easier to deal with if these are a little bit smaller. Um, and then we'll blur using like a 10 by 10 pixel uh, filter. And I'm going to save that as, as 205 blur10.jpg, right? And let's open both the original and the blurred version and we can see the difference. Um, so I'm going to actually use my image viewer called EOG. This is just a GNOME image viewer, but I could open these separately with display or XDG open or something. Um, so here is the original, no, that's got to be the blurred image, right? Um, yeah, that's the blurred image. There's the original image. So it, um, this was 1742 pixels across and now it's 575, so that's about a third. And it also blurred it pretty substantially. Um, so it's, you know, you can't really even tell that this is text on here. It just looks like dirt. Um, so that's just one of the many other operations that convert supports. So I guess the next two things we should discuss are cropping images and then opening, opening an image in GIMP. Yeah, so cropping is a little tricky because you've got to come up with this, these uh, geometry strings. Um, the basic format of the command with convert is, let's say I want to take image 207 JPEG. And I want to crop that. First of all, um, I'm going to do identify to figure out the approximate resolution I'm working with. And then I can do convert um, crop. Let's say I want to cut out a square um, image out of the middle of that somewhere. So the first thing you put is the dimensions that you're cropping out, 1200 by 1200. And then I want to put plus something for the exposition. So, you know, it's just guesswork, really. Plus 500, plus 100. And I could try that. Um, let's call that 207crop.jpg. So I can open both of these files to see what that uh, geometry string produced. Here is the original version. So you can see that it cut out like a square from somewhere around this region. Um, but what if we needed to get it more precise? What I would recommend in that case is to open a program where you can actually see the pixel values and move your mouse around. So that's not a command line program, that's going to be a graphical program. The uh, GIMP is basically a free version of Photoshop and it's available for all Unix systems. It also might not be installed so you can try using your um, package management commands to get that installed. And then we're going to run that on the original image. 217, I think it 207. was. 07. 07, thank you. Dot JPEG. So it opens that up, and um, this has shrunk a little bit. It says 25% down here at the bottom. But what this can do for me, well, I can just crop it right here, right? That's fine. But the advantage of image magic is batch, right? So if I want to run the same crop on many images, I'm going to have an easier time of that using image magic than GIMP. But I can get the numbers to make my geometry string from uh, 
GIMP. So I'm going to do the rectangle selector and, you know, depending on where I want to be, I look in this lower left corner here. You can't see the numbers while my mouse is down there. But that's my current position, so that's the X and Y offset, right? So I remember or write down 288 and 360, and then I'm going to get the, let's say I want to crop out this piece here. So that's about, and I keep moving my finger a little bit, but 2636 by 1044. Um, 2636 by 1044. So I can come back to my, um, let's just discard that, back to my convert command and substitute that. 2636 by 10 something. 44. 44. Do you remember the original numbers? No. <laughs> I'm going to make it up. Let's say 300 and 200. All right. So that's something close. And then um, I do that convert, and we'll do the comparison again between them. And now I've got a more rectangular uh, instead of square, and I've cut out a bit of this console here. Um, I didn't go low enough, so my, my Y value probably should have been another 100 pixels lower. But that's, um, that's how we can figure out these geometry strings. Now, I said the strength in ImageMagick is applying them in batch to many different files. That's also a little tricky if you always have to specify the from image, the original image, as well as the destination image. So what's cool about um, ImageMagick is this Mogrify command versus convert. So I used Mogrify with dash format convert an image like this, right, .jpg. I convert it to PNG, but I only have to specify the image file name once instead of having a source and a destination. But I can apply lots of other image processing stuff with Mogrify, so I can do crop, right? If I do crop from here, um, plus to whatever, um, I only specify the image file once, what it's going to do is overwrite that image with the cropped version. So it's a destructive operation, Mogrify, unless you're only doing a format. If you do format, it gets a new extension, so then it doesn't destroy the original image. But without the format, it's going to destroy the original. So maybe I want to make a copy of the whole folder so that I still have my originals, and then I can batch apply some processing to them in a different folder. Or, in this case, I already made a copy of each image um, by creating a PNG. So we can apply the crop to the PNG files. So I'm going to do Mogrify crop, let's say 1636 by whatever, whatever, plus whatever. Um, and I'm going to apply that to star.png. And that will crop all of these images exactly the same way. And it can take a little while. All right, so now that that finished, I can take a look at these uh, files. And all of these PNGs should have been modified. So if I do like my LTR, for example, you see that the PNGs appear at the end because those were the ones that were just modified by this. Um, and I'm going to run this um, you know, to view all of my images. So here is the original JPEG, and right next to it is the cropped JPEG, or cropped PNG. So here's the original and then the cropped version. So all of these are being cropped to the same dimensions and the same position within the image. 
So I was able to like do very simple batch operations like that. Um, yeah, so that's um, Mogrify versus Convert and some of the useful things you can do with these image magic tools. Thanks for watching today's episode on image manipulation. Now, image magic is probably not native on your Linux system, so in the next episode, we will learn about package management and how to use the command line to search for and install programs. See you then.